the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So after a break of a few years, we welcome Ron James back to the Paracast with Gene and Randall. And I guess at this point, that if he doesn't like us, he'll just leave for another few years. But seriously, I have encountered here something a lot of you listeners might know about. An interesting scheme on the part of manufacturers or resellers to get people to give them favorable reviews on Amazon. A small company will live and die by reviews. So I bought a bottle of a vitamin, okay, on Amazon. And with it, I get this little card. Thank you for your purchase. Get a free bottle or a $20 Amazon gift card. Now, how do I do that? Guess. I write a favorable review. And wait, please don't mention the gift card in the review. (laughs) I then send an email listing the review or showing them a screenshot and the order number. And allegedly, I will get either a free bottle of this vitamin or a $20 Amazon gift card. I chose the gift card, by the way, not because I have anything wrong about the vitamin, but the vitamin costs less than $20. Now, that's not the first time I've seen that. So a few weeks back, I ordered a box of 50 masks, three-ply masks, you know, social distancing, wearing a mask. When I got the mask, I got a card. It said, we'll give you another free box if you write a review. Didn't say it had to be favorable. Just write a review. Of course, that's implicit in the request, which is be nice and you get the box. And I got the box and I wrote the review. And the masks were just perfectly fine. The straps didn't break apart as they've done with other masks I bought. The thing here, though, is it's a scam. And I just wonder if Amazon is aware of what these companies are doing to basically bribe people to give them free reviews. Hmm. There's another thing they do, too, where they will send a complete stranger a box of who knows what. Sometimes it could be sawdust, and then they can prove they shipped an item, and then they'll post a fake review from that buyer. And the buyer never knows that he's involved. Ooh, now that's a total scam. Now, we're dealing with levels of ethics here. I suppose a lot of it's subjective, but I would say that your situation, Gene, I mean, if a company wants to you know, make you an offer... That if you know you like it, you can write a favorable review. If you don't like it, you don't have to write a review. But if you do like it, you're free to write a review and you can get the goodies. So I don't think that's necessarily a scam. But man, that one you're talking about, Ron, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely. Uh, well, it's a very you know, important point of honor here that the review will say verified purchaser. Okay, because Amazon will compare your review with the fact that you have an order number, a valid order number, therefore you have the right to review, therefore you are a verified purchaser. But a review should be fair, it should be independent. When you bribe a customer to get that review, well then how do you trust the reviews? How many of those people who posted reviews for that product did so not because they like the product, but because they get a free gift card? Well, you know, it's even worse because with what's going on on Amazon, like I posted a a program 
and we just got pummeled with trolls. People just jumping on and, and leaving bad reviews even though it was clear from what they were saying that they didn't even watch the show. And then you have somebody posts something on Amazon, gets all their friends to leave them positive reviews, and there's there's literally Amazon trolls that are just looking. And if you're, it's like, say you're in the media business and you have a lot of videos on Amazon, it is a foregone conclusion that you probably have a group of people that are all set at all times to leave you positive reviews and to go after anybody that might be seen as competing with you. And so... It's a scary landscape, especially oh, for media. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there are media companies that are that do that out there, and you pay a lot. Like everyone's heard of Kanye West. Well, one of his videos went viral, and then there was an article. Uh, <laughs> he paid like a million dollars or something <laughs> to, to have that happen to hire these companies to do exactly that. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's paid. You're, There's you're, a you're, new uh, documentary on, I think it's Netflix or e- either that or HBO, about how all of the social media platforms are inhabited by bots. And they know it, everybody knows it, and you can buy views and you can literally pay your way to fame. And, you know, it's not hard to acquire 100,000 followers and half of them don't even exist. So this thing's gotten really out of hand. I don't know what the reconciliation is going to be, but at some point we have to get back to, you know, communicating with each other in a different way. And we just, this is not a, this is a failed experiment. The thing with Gene there, though, Gene, like what you were saying is, I think it can go both ways. You know, back in the day, there was the Ralph Naders of the world, right? And if they said something positive about something, well, you could trust them because they were trustworthy characters. And so, I mean, if you're an honest reviewer and you write a good comment, then your personality is worth something to them because of your reputation. So it, it can go both ways. I, I don't think it's necessarily bad to write a good review about a product that you've received for free if you genuinely believe it's a good product. I've done sales. I wouldn't sell a product I didn't genuinely believe in. Right. So, you know, so it, it really depends on the reputation that you have as an on-air personality. Well, you see, that's another thing. But we're talking here specifically about offering to give a free product in exchange for a review, which implicitly implies, of course, that they expect a good review. That's a bribe. That's bribing somebody for a review. Now, as far as being a product reviewer, I am a product reviewer. I got paid for it for a number of years, writing for a lot of major publications. I wrote for USA Today. I wrote for the Arizona Republic. I wrote for Computer Shopper Magazine, Macworld, CNET, and I would get the product. Now, something like a computer, I'd have to send it back. A piece of hardware, I'd have to send it back. Software, you can't send back, obviously. Can I tell you guys something really hilarious? Well, you know, we could use a little humor. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so about a month ago, my girlfriend's car was on its last leg, and so she got online and found a Toyota dealer that said they'd give her X number of dollars for the trade. So we limped it up there. Literally, the cooling system was going out, and we we had to literally limp it to the dealer. So it wasn't going anywhere else. They took her around, and they knew what her budget was, and they started showing her cars, and and this went on for two hours. The guy, everything he showed her, he says, yeah, we can get it, we can get it, we can get it um, in in your range. Well, all of a sudden, this guy has to go, right? He's like, oh, I got to go. I got a disappointment. I got to make And he sticks us with this other guy. And this other guy sits down and goes, okay, well, here's what we're giving you for your trade. It was $2,500 less than they'd 
Polder she was going to get. And here's what your payments are going to be on your new RAV4. And it was $200 a month more than they told her she was going to get. And I just looked at the guy and I said, you know what? This is completely unacceptable. You can't do this. And the guy just looked at me like, well, too bad. What are you going to do? And I looked back at him and I said, I think you really need to go get your manager. In fact, you need to bring me the highest guy at this lot. And he looked at me like, well, nobody, nobody is going to talk to you. I'm a salesperson. I'm not going to be able to get anybody over here. And you know what I said? I said, listen, I want you to understand something. Between my YouTube, my Facebook, my Twitter, I have over 200,000 followers. You do not want to mess with me. And the dude went and got his manager, and we walked off that lot with the car for the price we wanted and the terms we wanted and the trade-in value we were promised. Can you believe that? The point that obviously is upsetting is you had to give these people the riot act. You had to present the riot act in order to get these people to To basically give you the product – at the sales price they agreed to pay. We've got Ryan James, by the way. He is a filmmaker, and we're talking more about UFOs and stuff in a moment, but these other subjects came up. More to come with Gina Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hey everybody, if you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing, we've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com. 
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Of course, the old game is at a car dealership is if you don't get the deal you want, you walk out. And they, of course, will say, no, 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 we'll get the manager. Because yeah. the manager makes the deals. What are you doing here? What are you quoting me prices for if you can't meet them? Actually, I'll give you one example of where I think I was treated well by a dealer. And this is where, in 2017, my car was totaled. Cause some idiot had a disagreement with the left turn lane that he was not supposed to be in. And he crashed into my car. The car, of course, the engine was destroyed. I was not destroyed. So I went to the dealer to get another car. And we compared my wife's credit with mine. And she has a slightly better credit rating, so they gave her a better price. But she wasn't there. She was not feeling well. So after about a half hour of the dealer, including a test drive, they said, you know what? If you're going to go with it, then we'll give you this deal, promise, we'll bring the car to your home and have her sign the deal. And I said, sure, why not? So I went home. I was using a rental car now from the insurance company. And a couple hours later, they brought the car with the papers, with the agreed upon terms. No, wait a minute. They got a better interest rate from a different bank, a major bank. And that meant like a half percentage point difference making a lower monthly payment. 
my wife signed the deal and the car has worked fine ever since. So the point being here is there are actual real car dealers who really try to do a decent job. But far too many are like the ones that Ron James encountered, where you make a deal online, you go there to take advantage of the deal, then Swifty comes over and tries to cheat you. What cracked me up about that situation is that all of a sudden, that stuff matters. It's like, look, I can go home right now and I can yelp you out of your next 10 sales, so you better get somebody over here to talk to me. That kind of situation, that didn't previously exist. And it's, it's like a whole new way that puts the consumer really in control of how they're treated because these guys used to be able to get away with anything, all the stuff you're talking about. But now it's a lot harder. And you, if you have enough people following you around on Twitter, you can affect somebody just by letting people know, giving them a heads up. Absolutely. It's the great leveler of the playing field, or at least that's what it was in theory. It's what it was in theory. You know, but still, there is that element if you have the, the followers, like you're saying. Uh, you know, in the early days, all you needed to do is say, haven't you heard of the Internet? And, you know, people were like, oh, that's that underground thing that everybody knows about. Like, uh, now everybody knows it's a numbers game. She was just laughing her butt off. It was like, she's like, I can't believe you said that. And I said, well, you know, to me, that's leverage of last resort. Because I, I have a certain amount of access to a lot of sites that have a lot of that kind of thing, but I don't try to use it. That situation was just getting out of hand. And so I was sort of throwing everything I could against the wall. And it worked. Well, you should. You should be able to do that. And absolutely. And, and without any qualms, I, I think that was uh, the right thing to do. You know what's right? We should segue to our topic of discussion. Ron James has done documentaries about UFOs. And you were also involved in that citizen's hearing on disclosure with Stephen Bassett. You did all the video work there, right? I did. And the live streaming and all that kind of stuff. That's where they had former members of Congress in the Senate and they sat there as we had a group of people present the evidence. And if we forget about Paul Hellyer, it was a pretty good presentation. <laughs> Paul was pretty good right up until the last. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about how that got set up. Because, I mean, I, you know, I know that there had to be some money involved to be able to do all of that. It wasn't just put together by a bunch of volunteers on a shoestring, right? No, but you know what? There's See, there's a whole can of worms around the citizen hearing on disclosure that still to this day has not been resolved. And that that, that is between um, you know the people who put it together. There was me, there was Steve, there was Ruben Langdon, and there was Jeremy Corbell. And it didn't end well. And it, to this day, it is, it is still not resolved. And so I don't know how far I want to go into it because we've sort of decided to not air dirty laundry about this until somehow it gets handled. But I don't know how that's going to look if it's ever going to happen. So there won't be a sequel. Well, there might be something similar to the citizen hearing on disclosure, but the one thing I can pretty much 100% guarantee is that it won't be the same people. <laughs> yeah, well, if we, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if we can take the, you know, we can take the names and the, and the, like, as you say, the dirty laundry out of the equation and just say, well, hey, you know, somebody with some money someplace, if they could come along and want to help out the UFO community or the ufology community, uh, you know, how do, how do you attract those people? Who are interested? I mean, we've got billionaires like Yuri Milner who are doing the Breakthrough Listen Project, right? Like, how do we get 
those people to be interested in a positive way? Well, I think that it's a matter of reach, but you know, the, the thing that's the most difficult is presenting a unified front. I can say that the investor that got the citizen hearing off the ground, and it was a significant amount of money, I won't name names, but by the time it was all over, he was so fed up with the field and the infighting and the, and the stuff that he really lost the he lost the spirit for what he was trying to accomplish. And so what we really need to do is there's too many people out there trying to raise money for, you know, crowdfund my film, do this, do that. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, look what happened to, to Robert Bigelow and the huge investments he made. Look what happened to John Rao and the huge investments that he made. Um, the question really needs to be, what am I really investing in? And, and there's probably tons of people out there that would like to participate in something that gets us closer to the truth. But you got to sift through a whole lot of stuff to get there, to find the right people, and to feel good about what you're doing and what you're getting involved in. And unfortunately, it's such a splintered field that there's no group of people saying, hi, we are the UFO community, and we would like to see funding for this, and we're all on the same page. It's not that. And so... You know, you're going to find people every once in a while that want to invest in something, and you're going to find somebody else that can talk them into it. But at the end of the day, I don't really know if it has a lot of um, a lot of legs in producing tangible results. One okay. example of where investors aren't interested is the tech industry. You have these tech billionaires. You have a Jeff Bezos. You have a Bill Gates. You have Elon Musk. You have people with incredible amounts of money. If they could spend, they could say tomorrow, here's $50 million, and it's like me handing a penny to Ron James. It is nothing to them. They don't have to worry about a return. They just have to handle the proper paperwork and whatever tax implications there are in handing out $50 million. So it's not that. These guys have committees of people that vet where their money's going to go. If it's not an investment, then it's a charity. So if you're not a 501c3, you're not going to get you're not going to get money. I guess there's something to be said for making a concerted effort to go out into the financial community and try to raise money for these projects. We've got plenty more to come with Ron James, documentary producer. We're talking about here: Is it possible to get rich people to fund UFO research? And as we see, it doesn't sound promising. Gene, Randall, Ron, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Mexico's president will hold talks with Vice President Kamala Harris in May to discuss the ongoing immigration issue at the U.S. southern border. President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador will meet virtually with Harris on May 7th. Mexico says the president would like to discuss cooperation on the COVID pandemic alongside discussing ways to stem the flow of migrants from Central America to the U.S. Illinois Congressman Raja Krishnamoorthy is calling on the Biden administration to release the U.S.'s stockpile of AstraZeneca COVID vaccine to countries experiencing a surge in cases. He said Saturday evening in a statement that the country has 40 million doses, which could be used to combat COVID in places like India and Argentina. And officials in Baghdad say at least 27 people have died and 46 were injured after a pair of oxygen tanks exploded, causing a massive hospital fire. Many of the patients at the hospital in southeast Baghdad were being treated for COVID-19. This is USA Radio News. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey declared a state of emergency at the border in his state this week, deploying 250 National Guard troops to assist with controlling the flow of illegal border crossings. He also called on President Biden to declare a national emergency, which would open up more federal resources for guarding the border. Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels says the declaration is needed. He tells Fox News that it would send a direct message to the cartels. Well, the first thing it does is it sends a message. It sends a message that we're sharing the oath of office, just like our governor did. I applaud Governor Ducey for what he's doing to work with my county and others to secure and protect our citizens and our state. The President Biden, I told Secretary Mayorkas this week that if he would prioritize the southwest border and all our borders to include send a message that the border is closed for illegal activity, because the only ones that's uh, exploiting this is the cartels. So we need the president to do that. You're listening to USA Radio News. Schools are opening. So much opportunity to share not just memories of 2020, but germs. Worrying about your child bringing a cold or flu home is a thing of the past. Today, we have to be concerned about COVID. That's why you need to be sure your kids are protected in their school with the one-of-a-kind patented Safe Air Network equipment that continuously decontaminates not only air, but all surfaces. 99.9% decontamination in three minutes to begin with. And then continuously, so if any of the air or surfaces get recontaminated, no worries. Safe Air Network is not only the only system that cleans air and surfaces, it's chemical-free and 100% safe to use in an occupied room. The equipment is plug and purify, the easiest equipment to use as soon as it is received. Contact Safe Air Network now at safeairnetwork.com. That's safeairnetwork.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
I think in something like that, you'd have to get beyond the committee and find someone who knows the investor directly in some ways. You'd have to find a modern-day Lawrence Rockefeller. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's Rockefellers out there that are doing that work right now. Um, there was a there was a, a recent pretty big production that had their fingerprints on it, and so those people are out there. Um, no, of course it, we had we had James Fox. He did the phenomenon, and he did a, a really good job of that. I think it's. Mm-hmm. It's too bad that it had to go, you know, happen and go down when, with all this COVID stuff. But, I mean, there's an example of an independent guy that's just been sticking with it for years to do some kind of constructive documentary and, 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 and manages to do it. Suppose someone came along, Ron, and said, like Gene was just saying there, here's $50 million. How would you spend that in order to make a good documentary or what just how would you spend it in in the benefit to the benefit of the field itself well you know james did a fantastic job on the phenomenon and i was actually lucky enough to have him at my house here in sedona that i'm staying at uh the night before it officially was released and we shot a fantastic interview that you can see on mufontelevision.com if you want to look at it but at the the end of the day what james did was great and he and it, it was finally a film where he could do the things he wanted to do. We talked at length about this. He's like, you know, I wanted to rent a bomber. I was able to do it. I was able to fly around and do this. I was able to go to Africa five times. And, you know, that was just fantastic to be able to do it. But I think that with that kind of investment capital, I would just use it to grow what I've already started with MUFON television. Leave the branding off. You know, don't judge MUFON television by any preconceived notions about MUFON. That organization is doing very, very well right now. And so when I say that, I don't like being associated either way with MUFON, but I've created the largest repository of commercial-free UFO-related videos anywhere. And I would expand that. I would fund individual shows. I would do programming that uh, goes into the experiencer phenomenon from a scientific and experiential point of view. I would do a whole other show on the on the technology. I'd start working on programming that prepares people for what it's going to take for us to really be engaged with these with these races. And you know, as far as that's concerned. Oddly enough, the same things that humanity just needs to do, period, are the same things that we need to do before we're going to be invited into a galactic family. So $50 million is a lot of money. You could blow it on a feature film, but I don't think I would do that. I think I would expand the the online channels that I already have, and we're coming soon to Roku and you know all the places where you can get that stuff. And I would spend it on specialized programming that explored the very facets of this topic because it, you know, the, it sounds like a lot of money, but in, in the media world, it's really not. I have been very successful in producing a ton of work for very little money and I've learned how to do it and I own my own studios. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I would do with that kind of cash. I would actually invest it in more and more series programming, more and more distribution, make sure it gets out to a lot of people and always come from a place of truth you know the mainstream networks they have the they have the challenge of having to come up with these shows every week and they have to be exciting and they have to generate um ratings and they also have to get past the gatekeepers you trust me there's not an episode of ancient aliens that's ever aired where somebody 
with connections to the clandestine people that are managing this information didn't have a say on whether or not that particular piece of information got out. So I, I would hang on. What do you elaborate on this? The, what do you mean? Like, like it sounds like you're talking about the shadowy cabal that's in, that's standing behind the scenes, you know, smoking a cigarette with an either ready, you know, ready with an axe to chop the cable if the interview goes the wrong way like like we you know what is that what we're, what you're saying there's that's still well, going on oh it's it's never it's never stopped you know i'm not saying that there's this notorious cabal and it's and it's and it's evil and all this kind of stuff but what i will say is that way back when the the first uh modern day ufo occurrences appeared it's it's common sense and common knowledge one or the other depending on how much research you've done that some group similar to what's called the mj12 would have been convened and they would have made a decision about what to do with this information and over time it's also common sense and and fairly evidentiary that they got deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where they answered to absolutely nobody and were able to conduct whatever they had to conduct in secret and and part of that is it's it's also a known fact you can you can search it online that government intelligence agencies have people embedded in every major media outlet that hasn't changed it's not like they're going to stop doing it you know it's not it's not even conjecture so i'm not making anything up and there is a point where programming especially controversial programming has to go through the attorneys it has to go through because you know if you're a and e and you're making a show you got to make sure that that that's going to pass legal muster. You're not going to end up in court. You know, there's there's all kinds of stages that a program goes through from the director and the producer going, oh my gosh, I want to show this whole thing to the world all the way to where it comes out. And Unidentified is, is a perfect example. Uh, I, this is a fascinating subject. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, yeah, we know, like, if we go back to, say, the interviews with Kehoe and some of the early television interviews where they were given a script and told not to to stray from it and there were people you know from the department of defense in the studio saying you know he's he's going rogue cut the feed let me remind some people here one of Kehoe's books i might be flying saucer conspiracy talked about this this was a cbs documentary and they gave him a script and they kept cutting things out of it. And supposedly Kehoe got so frustrated from the changes they made that he deviated from the script on the air live. And they cut him off, which, of course, they were allowed to do. They have no idea what he's going to say. There was no seven-second delay in the 1950s when they were doing this sort of thing. So they cut it, and Kehoe tried to make hay of it, but it ended up just being lost in the maze. I think that I think the guy was stupid myself. I think if this is the rule that you have to live under, live under that rule and hold a press conference. But when you well, stage see, a stunt like this, it doesn't really help. Today it would, because we have social media. And if the modern day version of Donald Kehoe in 2021 was on a TV show, a cable news show, whatever and did what he did in the 1950s, it would go viral, and everybody would be talking about it. Then it went nowhere. It was just this crackpot UFO guy who looks kind of weird. I mean, Kia was a nice enough guy. I met him a few times, and he 
basically tried to skirt the rules and it went nowhere except give him a chapter in his book. Of course, that might have been the purpose of it. I remember when Keo was on the Long John Neville radio show, and I must have been 15, 16 years old when I heard this show. And we sent a note to Long John, and he was a pioneer, paranormal radio guy. He originated the format ahead of Art Bell and everybody else. And Keo, you know, gave his generic answer, but our question was, if you knew you'd be cut off if you deviated from the script, why the heck did you do it? And he really basically repeated what he did. But, you know, that was the question you could not answer. Speaking of answers, we'll have more answers from Ron James because he's going to stick with us for this weekend's episode of After the Paracast. That's the show available to Paracast Plus subscribers. Check theparacast.plus for more information. I'm going to ask something else in our next segment with Ron, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Extendivite has proven time and again it really works. Here's a testimonial from Amazon.com. 
I am only 40, but I have put my body through hell working in manufacturing for 20 years. I recently started to notice a buzzing feeling along with a stuttering sensation with my heart. I had a full cardio stress done, which I passed. I decided to try Extendivite after getting the jingle stuck in my head. Halfway through the bottle, I really did notice a difference. After getting home from work, I would just sit in a chair for a few hours feeling like crap, and this stuff reduced that feeling along with heart discomfort to almost nothing. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Okay, Ron James, moving away from the media, we know the commercial media, it's controlled. They call it liberal media, but it's really corporate media. You have corporate chiefdoms who, whether it's with government interference or not, they decide what goes on the air. They decide the news that's covered. If it's Fox News, it will have a conservative orientation because that's what Rupert Murdoch and his sons want. If it's NBC, it's going to be what Comcast Universal wants. If it's CBS, it's going to be what CBS wants. You get the picture. Corporate media, they're in business to make money. They have hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars riding on what they do. And you can't have uncontrolled content. This is where the Internet and YouTube are the great equalizers, except as we have to admit, and I've run into this trying to set up a YouTube channel for the Paracast, that we have Google owning YouTube or Alphabet, the parent company, deciding whether or not your content goes on there or not. Have you encountered anything there? Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody has. Amazon just recently has quit taking documentaries from people. I've been on Amazon Prime Video for 20 years now, and I have three different TV shows that I had in development that that was where I was going to put them. And just in the last month, they've put the kibosh on that. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are uploading really bad stuff. And Amazon Prime doesn't want to be YouTube. They want to be more like Netflix. But the whole situation where at one time Amazon was a democratized platform that anybody could access, that just went out the window. And so you just have to get more and more creative. 
end the media conversation quite yet because what's happened is these people that are in control of this information and the fact that disclosure is going to have to occur for a variety of reasons. It's it, what, what we're seeing unfold in the media and the newspapers and everything else is a carefully orchestrated rollout of this information and it's absolutely being managed. So what we're seeing now is for a long time there was this effort to deny everything and now there's an effort to do a, a clean and controlled narrative about what's going on and so we're watching it unfold and and people that are really in the field get it that you know they watch the show on a and e and they're like wait there's so much more to that but the rest of the population doesn't know that and so like history channel and especially history these guys are doing an amazing job of laying this stuff out but we all have to realize that it's part of a orchestrated event how do you know that though i want yeah, this is right. I was just say I want to believe. I do want to believe. I want to believe. <laughs> I want, I want, I want. Because the evidence seems to point in that direction, right? If we look at it logically and we go, yeah, we know they're here. We know alien visitation is a reality because there's so many people who are firsthand witnesses to things that aren't just vague lights off in the distance, as well as all the official reports and so on and so on. If you do your homework, you just have to go. If you're a reasonable person after a while, they've got to know a whole lot more than we do. They oh, just, of course. They just have to. But then trying to find the evidence of that. Um, we know they must. And and like you're saying, they, they, they do. So, I mean, have you ever seen it? Have you ever been approached by officials that say, well, we know, but don't do this right now. We need to do this in stages. Or is this just kind of your belief that is part of what is the more reasonable belief of the ufology community? Well, okay, the people that are controlling the narrative took control of the narrative through a very strategic uh, set of actions. They took it away from the mainstream UFO community, and they've put it in the hands of people that are serving in some sort of an official capacity, even if they're not getting checks. So at the, at the end of the day, all you have to do is connect the dots and look at what is being said privately by some of these people and what is being said publicly by the TV shows, and you will understand that you, that the public is getting a watered-down version of stuff. As much as we in ufology don't like that, we have to understand that disclosure has to work for 7 billion people, not the 40,000 hardcore UFO followers who know all about the history and the lies and everything else. Most people don't. And so the, the people who have been managing this information for as long as they have are the ones that are in charge right now as far as what humanity is going to officially be educated about. And we might not like it, but I don't think there's anything we could do about it. And at least we're getting closer to something that is going to get us get us on the same page as the truth. And we don't we don't get to control the narrative. It's already being controlled by other people. This is very much what got started with the New York Times back in 2017 when we had sure. this article about the Pentagon study. And the thing that has bothered me since then that we've mentioned here is it doesn't reflect anything about prior UFO research and efforts. It's suddenly after all these years that they're taking it seriously. Whatever happened to Project Blue Book? It's like Project Blue Book did not exist. We have all this new stuff. But I'm going to lay out the facts and let me get your spin on it here. So we have, for example, in recent months, two former directors of the CIA, 
Woolsey and Brennan saying positive things about UFOs should be investigated. Now, if you look at the history, the first head of the CIA, Helen Carter, who was a friend of Major Kehoe, also said positive things. For better or worse, the former DNI, John Ratcliffe, who's lied about some things while he was working for the previous administration, but he said something positive. Senator Marco Rubio, conservative Republican, said something positive. We have the Pentagon UAP task force that's supposed to produce some kind of report in June. Now, all this does is amplify what the New York Times reported in 2017. But when you have former heads of the CIA, and I'm not just talking about the first guy, but recent guys saying this, what is the agenda? What are they leading up to? Is this a controlled release of some sort? Absolutely. I mean, how can you think it's not? You're familiar with the whole history of this cover-up, you know, basically where it originated, what happened. Um, And now, you know, we're dealing with, okay, at some point we have to reveal to humanity what's going on. But we're going to, A, we're going to control the story because we still have the situation. There's an interview you can find on YouTube that I spoke to Richard Dolan years ago. And one of the biggest things that he said was preventing disclosure is deniability. I mean, you can't just all of a sudden come out to the public and say, oh yeah, by the way, these guys have been lying to you for this whole time. They've denied a huge amount of potential advancement to human civilization. You know, people have died. You can't do that. So you got to wait till all these guys are dead. And then you got to make sure that there's a really cool story that doesn't reveal how deep this cover-up is. So they're wrestling with, well, how do we acknowledge that there's an ET presence? At the same time, continue to deny the things that we've been denying to whatever point we can until someday maybe we can declassify some of the stuff. So there's a lot of really smart people working on this, and there's really a lot of really uh, influential people taking orders. Very fine, but what is the point of it? What are they going to reveal that is of great importance here? Are they going to reveal something, or is this just to divert our attention? Well, you know, there's a lot of different theories about what the true agenda is here. Uh, You know, Dr. Stephen Greer says that they're trying to paint this extraterrestrial presence as a threat so that we can militarize space. Uh, There's other people that think completely the opposite but the fact remains that you can't pull the wool over humanity's eyes for too much longer the evidence is out there and at some point with all this private space endeavors that are happening somebody's going to land in the wrong spot on mars and there's going to be a machine sitting there that you can't deny it looks like you can't say it looks like a rock so at some point radical evidence is going to come out who knows what's hidden under antarctica so these guys know that they're up they're, they're in a race against time they, they have to control the narrative, spill the beans, educate the humans to get them to the next level before circumstances they can't control unfold. So it's a, it's an interesting place to be, and it's fun watching the balancing act. Um, but it's very frustrating because we all know that what's being revealed is, is not going to be everything that, that is known. And there's a variety of reasons for that, including protecting technology, protecting people that have basically, I won't say crimes against humanity, but you know, when we're talking about the potential of advanced energy, we're talking about all of the different things that come with this from a technical standpoint. That information should have been shared with humanity a long time ago. And so the people that chose not to do that for whatever reason are 
going to be held accountable or they're going to have to be gone. They're going to have to have long since passed away. Well, see, that's also a question I have before we get back into what's being held back, which is we have the supposed silence group or whatever going back in time to the 40s. How do you keep that going on through changes of administration, changes in personnel? Ron James, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates this is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates so call right now to learn more 800-670-0946 800-670-0946 call 800-670-0946 800-670-0946 Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the question being here, okay, we have the conspiracy, we have the silence group, we have this secret being kept from the 1940s after World War II. How do you keep that secret if personnel changes, governments change? How do you do it? Well, I don't believe that your average civilian elected government official has a whole lot of knowledge about this. And I also don't believe that even people high up in the Pentagon have all of the pieces of the puzzle. One only has to point to Christopher Mellon, who, by all accounts, if anybody was going to know about this stuff, he should have. And and I interviewed him. In fact, the, the piece that I sent you a link about, he, he talks about hearing rumors about some kind of uh, materials that may have been studied. But at the end of the day, they kept the secret by 
ending up in a place where they had absolute authority to do whatever they felt needed to be done and absolute um, non-accountability to any government. So these guys, I, I really believe they operate in a completely black zone. They're not talking to anybody. They don't have to tell the president. They don't have to tell the defense secretary. It's it's that compartmentalized. This particular information is being managed by just like Men in Black, the movie. That was probably closer to the truth than any of us want to know. On another show, uh, I was listening to you on fairly recently, and, and this is tied into some of the stuff we've been talking about here. You said that this is the most important question facing humanity. And I thought to myself... Well, it's one of three. For us who think about it on the level that you just described, we can see why. But how do you get that through to people, like I was saying on the last show, who, well, you know, their their golf game is more important so long as, you know, no UFOs land on the green while they're trying to make the drive... They could care less. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Somebody might be concerned about their golf game, but there is no scenario where they say this is the most important question facing my life. Anybody who sits down and actually breaks out of the matrix and starts pondering the important questions facing all of us will come up on that question as one of the top ones. I can't do anything to make people spend more time contemplating the how and the why of why we're here, and I wish I could, but at the end of the day, if the focus of your thoughts are what what are these most important questions we're facing, I believe that they are finally proving life after death. Are we living in a simulation, and are there extraterrestrials? And obviously, if we're living in a simulation, which is the subject of a lot of science right now, then the extraterrestrial question almost becomes moot, because there can be anything in the simulation. You know, these are the things I I think about morning, noon, and night, and I can't speak to the guy who doesn't spend a minute contemplating those things. We're not living in the same universe. That is so true. And it's almost hard for me to imagine trying to be in a person's headspace who doesn't simply accept that at least alien visitation is a reality. That is part of my worldview. I, I don't need that question answered anymore. The Matrix thing, not sure. There's definitely worth taking seriously. Afterlives, I think, are impossible. But still... It's an interesting subject, but alien visitation, just that one alone, the people out here in society who know that's a reality, our worldview of what society is and our planet and the world in general and all the nations in it is so different from somebody who doesn't recognize that, that it's just almost impossible to get, for me to even imagine being in that mind space. Like for, for like Ron, you seem to be in the same, you know, on the same wavelength here. Like, can you take a minute and just kind of clear your mind and imagine that's not the case? It's really not the case because I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, you mean about extraterrestrials? Yeah, about alien race? visitation, yeah. Like, I mean, I can sit here and go and try and deny it to myself, but I know that that is a lie. You know, I'm just, I would just be lying to myself. And there's no way that I could do it. So trying to imagine people, people's points of view without that, without that knowledge, what the world must be like to them. 
I think most people in this in this day and age, especially the kids, you know, the, one of the reasons that you don't see a huge youth turnout at UFO conferences isn't because they're not interested. It's because they already know, and and they don't question it anymore. They, they it's just baked into their to into their lives. And when it becomes something that needs to be addressed, then they'll they'll step up and they'll address it. But the the thing that people are missing is that the same kind of things that we have to do as a species to survive are the same kind of things that we're going to have to do to be admitted into whatever kind of uh, global uh, galactic society exists and right now we're just the kids with the matches burning down the playground and <laughs> you know we have to we have to get past that and so the people ask me well, well how come the aliens don't come and it's like well because I, I i personally believe at some point humanity on this planet was given the right to self-determine rather than being used for whatever galactic activities occur and from that point that's it's pretty much up to us and so what you find is people that have any kind of spiritual awareness at all except the et presence is just part of it and they understand that the spiritual evolution on a personal and human and societal basis is really the same evolution that we we have to do the same things to save the planet we have to do the same things to quit destroying each other we have to do the same things to have a more fair and equal society none of that has to do with aliens but by doing all of those things we will finally be revealed our our place that we've earned and so it's all you know it's all part of the same thing one of the things i wonder about here kind of get back to where we were kind of started up is we have a plan and we see it taking place before our eyes carefully scripted plan at suppose gradual disclosure whatever to reveal a possible presence of E.T. But first, I wonder about this Pentagon UAP task force having six months to produce a report. But there's nothing to tell us what that report can contain. Because if you ask them what the purpose of it is, it's basically, they say, to make sure these things are not representing threats to our security. It's like drones or or aircraft from Russia or China or Iran, for example. That's the backstop for them. Well, if we find no evidence of that, it's over. We'll continue looking at it. Or they could release a report saying we're still working on it. Or they can do nothing. And what power does Congress have to say, you produce the report because they're not going to do anything. They're not going to say, if you don't produce the report, we're going to stop handing money to the Pentagon. Of course, they can't do that. There are no consequences if this task force doesn't deliver what people want them to deliver. They're going to deliver what they want to deliver and what they have to deliver. What do they have to deliver? What do they have to deliver? Well, I think at this point in time, they need to deliver something that moves the ball a little bit down the court, um, but they're not going to deliver the ultimate, you know, the meeting with Eisenhower really happened and Roswell was aliens. We're not going to get that, but we're going to get something that further reveals the story. And they're deciding right now what that something is going to be. And so, and, and from what I understand, there's controversy about what that something is supposed to be. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the ball is moving. None of us 
you, me, or the other people in the UFO field have any control over it. We can go rogue and we can yell and scream and point out discrepancies and stories and something somebody said here and there. But at the end of the day, the same people that have controlled the secret are still controlling the narrative and they're deciding what it is that we're going to hear. And Okay, when you say that, same people, though, it's not the same people from 1947. It's their no, it's descendants. The evolution, it's the evolution of the group. It's the evolution of the group. You know, it's just like uh, there's a lot of clandestine organizations in the United States government. And and people say, well, you know, the government can't keep secrets, but of course they can. <laughs> and and when you look at, a, at an organization that's gone so black and so shadowy over time, um, th- these guys are, you know, completely unaccountable to anybody. And they're the ones that can pick up the phone, make the call and, and, and get the public uh, face of whatever they want done. More to come. Ron Jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices start just dollar fifty a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck. Or back. Or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? Ninety-two thousand dollars ouch and the irs left no room for jake to breathe they put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account took money out of my paychecks so it was a nightmare he needed help fast i figured that all these companies were the same until i called federal tax management 
You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, so the powers behind the scene, or their descendants now, control the narrative, and you're saying it's more or less a linear path from 1947 or have there been highways and byways nobody knows anything for sure okay and what i would say is there's people that say inside the government to say no man none of that stuff is true there aren't these people doing this majestic 12 never happened nothing like it ever happened there was never a ufo at area 51 bob lazar is a crackpot and and philip corso didn't know what he was talking about but you see that all could be true it wouldn't detract from there being a ufo mystery there is always the possibility that the reason we don't know what we don't know is because they don't know either so we could be dealing with a situation where we've got a government (laughs) that that basically knows this stuff's going on but they don't know what to make of it and they're not going to talk about it so that is possible i personally don't believe that i think there's too much evidence to the contrary but there's an argument for that too so you know again whatever they know I don't think we're ever going to get the box of files dropped in our lap. It's always going to be controlled. Yeah, but the thing here is, if UFOs represent an extraterrestrial presence, they hold the cards. They can always make the decision to reveal themselves Mm -hmm. or just sit back and watch and they don't care about the primitive earthlings making a mess of their environment and having political controversies and by the way they're arguing about ufos the point however is whatever is happening the ufo field quote unquote has no control whatever mufon qfos national ufo reporting center all these places have zilch no impact whatever and where this goes i mean you start reading the reports in the new york times ufo organizations don't even exist You know what's interesting is that if you look back at the history of MUFON and other organizations, they've served their purpose in the civilian world. And I think one of those purposes is to give people that are in control of this information a way to keep tabs on the people that really care about it. And another thing that you will notice is 
the information about what's going on, if somebody really just rolled up their sleeves and went hardcore deep dive into everything, read everything from Richard Dolan and went from there and off into verification because Rich has done an amazing body of work in his life and, and just really studied the field, they would find that the story or at least a reasonable facsimile of what it is, is out there. And the reason that story is out there is because the same people that have been controlling the information and keeping it from the masses understand that there's a small segment of the population that has just an aching hunger for this information, and they've dropped it. They've leaked it out. They've given it to you. certainly wrapped in misinformation, wrapped in mysteries, wrapped in all kinds of things that make you have to puzzle it out and, and take what resonates for you. But the same people that have been hiding this from us the whole time have made sure that the information's out there for the people that really, really care about getting it. At the end of the day, that's that's a really interesting part of the narrative that nobody really gives any credence to. Well, I mean, you were talking about secrecy, right? Well, you know, they can keep a secret. Well, wait a minute. When you really start looking, they haven't kept it a secret. We've had people from inside, the the people who were with the Air Force, whose official job was to investigate the phenomena, write books telling us that they arrived at the conclusion that back in the day they were interplanetary. That is directly from Edward J. Ruppelt. Sure, but it was all speculation and no solid proof. So the solid proof is exists somewhere. But if you sift through all the information and the speculation and you apply critical thinking to it, and you're on a jury that has to decide rather E.T. is guilty or not guilty of existing, you're not going to vote for not guilty. What I'm saying is, is that these people have not been as non-forthcoming with the information. They've just been very careful how they put it out. And the reason they've done that is because a pesky UFO investigator who's not getting anything is going to grow into a real problem. Whereas if you're throwing them bones and you're making them dig through miles and mountains of data just to try to mine something that may or may not be true, (laughs) you're keeping them occupied and you're keeping them from making too much noise. Uh So, you know, you drop a bunch of MJ-12 papers, for instance. You know, the debate now is how much of that is real, how much of it isn't real. You know, I I spent a lot of time talking to Stanton Friedman before he passed away about that. Hang on a second, though, Ron, because like what Gene was talking about is we've got this upcoming report that's supposed to be coming out. Now, I just alluded to the estimate of the situation that was done back in the late 40s, okay? Now, we're talking about a guy who saw that, held it in his hands, says it was a rather thick document with a black cover, and it was printed on legal-sized paper, stamped across the front were the words, top secret. This comes from an Air Force person in charge of the investigation. So if that's not proof, then what's to say that some you know report from the Pentagon is any better? They just say, well, that's not proof either. It's just another pile of documents, right? <laughs> well, if it comes through official channels, then maybe it's going to have a little more credence. But you know, at the end of the day, this is the same group that gave us Roswell case closed. It was crash test dummies that actually transverse time and space to land in the desert five years before they were ever out there. So who knows what we're going to get. Okay, but official channels. Edward Ruppelt was an Air Force officer. There's no question about his credentials. Yeah, where he came he from. officially, you, you know, take Luis Elizondo, for instance, okay? And, and let me preface this 
by saying that I, I know Lou, I have absolute respect for him, I understand why he has to take the position that he takes, and I consider him a true patriot. And so I've got nothing derogatory to say about Lou Elizondo at all. But there are things he can say as a person, and things he can say officially, and he will very carefully make sure before the words come out of his mouth that he is making that distinction. So was Edward there officially serving in a capacity of the Air Force where he was authorized to give out that information at a press conference, or was he just talking as, as Edward the guy with some papers that he had? Well, Sonny, you should ask that because he had to get permission from the Air Force to publish his book. It went through their vetting process. Yeah. Okay, so it was approved by the Air Force. He wrote it when he was retired, but it was approved by the Air Force. Well, okay, and so he's telling us that they already John decided. Radenberg permission to tell us there were nukes on Mars. This is how they distribute the information in a way that it simply can't be 100, but it can always be disputed. It can always be hard. The papers are fake. The guy was lying. Philip Corso never saw anything. That, kid, that That is how you pepper the information. You give it to the people that really care about it, but you pepper it with a bunch of BS and make it so that it's really hard for anybody that's not willing to spend a whole lot of time to just hear what other people are saying. Oh, those papers are fake, so they think that. Or, oh, those papers are real. Um, that's how they do it. And and it, it's been the same exact process from the yeah. time this topic first came up until so, now. So what do they have to give us when this comes out at the end of June? to count as proof then if they just say yeah okay uh, alien visitation is a reality we're obviously not going to take the papers as enough are they going to have to let people into you know one of the launch facilities where they've got or you know area 51 or, or how how are people ever going to believe that it's real if do they need do we need mothership tours or we have another tour now to take and then we'll be, we'll be back with more with ron gene and randall you're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you, too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech Carbine Upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. This week, Senate Republicans unveiled a counterproposal to President Biden's more than $2 trillion infrastructure plan, proposing a nearly $600 billion package that's limited to physical infrastructure like roads, bridges, and broadband. That's in contrast to some of the measures in the president's plan, like caregiving for the elderly, manufacturing, and others. Congressman Jason Smith says Democrats and Republicans should be able to agree on a plan that pays for physical infrastructure projects. 
The Missouri Republican tells Fox News that the GOP senator's proposal does just that without an extra burden on the working class. Republicans and Democrats should be able to work together in making sure that we fix our crumbling roads and bridges. But we definitely don't need to do it at the expense of the working class. And that is what we have to pay attention to. The proposal that Biden, Pelosi and Schumer brought forward will will be a spending boondoggle at the expense of working class. And we can't have that. This is USA Radio News. Senate Republicans unveiled a counterproposal to President Biden's more than $2 trillion infrastructure plan, proposing a nearly $600 billion package that's limited to physical infrastructure like roads, bridges, and broadband. That's in contrast to some of the measures in the president's plan, like caregiving for the elderly, manufacturing, and others. Senator Steve Daines says there are ways to address the nation's infrastructure needs without having to raise taxes. The Montana Republican tells Fox News there are unused funds from the COVID relief bill that could be used for roads and bridges. And in fact, we're looking at this infrastructure plan at the moment. There is a path forward with a very significant you know, $600 billion plan that Republicans are talking about. We could use some of the COVID relief dollars that have already been allocated or redirected. They're not needed. Our states are doing fine. We passed $6 trillion of COVID relief out into this economy. We can redirect some of those dollars for an infrastructure plan. So there's an example we can do something here without raising taxes and still take care of crumbling infrastructure in our country. You're listening to USA Radio News. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Sir Ron James, riddle me this. Do we need a mothership tour? Frankly, I don't think we're going to get anything out of this Pentagon report that says they're from off-world, E.T. is here. Well, if you if you want a clue to the narrative, follow the show on Identified, because um, I think that these guys are on the front. They're the point people forget for the story. And in the beginning of season one of Unidentified, there was absolutely no reference. In fact, sidestepping as much as possible the idea that this is any kind of an extraterrestrial element to this. But by the time you got to the end of season two, it was it was a definite maybe. And you're talking about people that were very, very uh, careful, especially in the early days of the rollout when the ATIP program first became publicized, when Robert Bigelow went on 60 Minutes and said there were aliens, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, guys, how come 
Bigelow says there's aliens before we know about ATIP. Then we find out about ATIP, and we find out Bigelow is the one that was handling a lot of this evidence. So how do we reconcile all that? And how do we reconcile people that have gone on TV and said, maybe we're not alone, with the current narrative that says, oh, no, we're not saying it's aliens. We're just saying we don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden, toward the end, it started to shift towards, yeah, maybe it is aliens. So I suspect that what we're going to end up with this Pentagon uh, disclosure is going to be uh, we don't know what these are they may be extraterrestrial maybe not and so, and so they're going to dance around that for a while and you know I just did a piece about this materials um, FOIA release that Anthony Brugalia got got in a lot of trouble with a, with a couple of investigators because I, I pointed out some things um, that video is available you guys have a link to it uh, it talks about this material that we have that the pentagon right now is saying oh no that's all we have all that stuff because of advanced weapons research but these reports that got released seem to indicate that we don't really know what this material is capable of so if 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 we don't know what it does then how did we invent it and so it's kind of like okay um it's just it's just getting stranger and stranger so the pentagon is i'm sure going to come out and they're going to say yeah we're not we're unclear of the origins of this stuff but we're not going to come out for sure and say it's little green men yeah well materials see there we go again i mean materials are aren't the same as an alien craft are they i mean well they're part of an alien craft so you guys I, yeah but we don't stories. know that right it's like that's like the bob white artifact which yeah, that was convincingly debunked, and yet it had gone through all kinds of analysis by people in the ufology community that it just didn't have the ratios, and the isotopic, you know, this and so on that go well, along. The metamaterials are the same way, you know. The, the when the story about this first broke, everybody's like, "Oh, okay. Well, we have a report about this shape-shifting, memory-retaining alloy. That must be the Roswell material." But the fact of the matter is, the official story is that that stuff was invented in a lab in a naval weapons lab in the 1950s and you know it gives the opportunity for people to say well of course they found it at roswell they ported it to industry like corso says and then all of a sudden it pops out of a of a some version of it pops out of a, we- a weapons lab and now we have this metal knit and all that's used in all kinds of stuff it's been around for years it's a shape-shifting memory retaining alloy but where did it come from and then when you look further into this there's materials that seem to be able to bend uh, and redirect photons well if you have a material that can basically render something invisible but you don't know how or why it might do that then you certainly didn't invent it and if you have a material that was uh, manufactured to a tunable resonance at the time of manufacture that may have the capability to do this 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 and this you, you couldn't have invented that it's common sense if you invented it you made it so you were make, making something to do something you're not saying oh wow let's throw a bunch of different alloys in a container and then figure out what the stuff does so just the fact that they roll out this information in such a way that they're postulating about what this material might do and they're postulating about how it might be used in aerospace um what's up with that 
you know, it's, it's almost common sense that there's obviously some sort of connection. And then, of course, the Freedom of Information Act request that Bregalia filed specifically asked for debris shot off of UFOs by Pentagon Department of Defense people, flotsam, debris. Um, it was very, very specific. And so, and then the Pentagon walks it back. It's just another one of those things where You're the right. wrapped well, up in a bunch of questions. We do have reports where that has happened, where aircraft have shot at UFOs and and pieces have been blown off them and fallen to the ground with the pilot actually seeing the pieces going, you know, falling, glowing down to the ground. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe that's the case. I mean, it, being a believer in alien visitation, obviously these craft are real. They're made out of something. So, I mean, it's I, I don't think we need that the, the material to prove the reality of alien visitation at all. Um, but maybe for some people it helps. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I think, you know, like I said, it's the preponderance of all the evidence. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see what we get from the Pentagon. I, I don't think it's going to be like this big giant revelation, but I think it's going to be something that moves the ball down the field. And I think it's also going to have a heavy slant toward uh, appropriating funds to make sure that we're not threatened by these things. And, you know, that's obviously just going to be money that funds a whole lot of, more, of additional things. But that's the end game is to, is to get funding to address it in a public way. And then all of a sudden, revelations will be made once it's beginning being publicly addressed because then they don't have to say oh no we're not interested in that stuff they're going to be able to publicly say they are interested and they're going to be able to parade information out after that that supposedly comes from this public exploration of the issue <laughs> yeah well i think i'm reading gene's mind now he's he's if he's listening he's thinking okay so they want money for military development how are we supposed to know the difference between whether or not it was actually anything alien and, and something that we actually did invent, and they just want to get a whole bunch of money for it, and they're using this sort of alien thing as a as a cover for it. Well, I guess that depends on whether or not you believe that there's an extraterrestrial presence or not. If you're not convinced of it, then you're going to state what you just stated because that's going to be how you rationalize it. And if you are convinced of it, you're not going to be able to be uh, convinced otherwise. That makes sense. Well, I don't know. What do you think about this, Gene? Gene's sleeping. Is Gene? Still I around? never sleep. I. He's still around. He's he's feeding his cats. <laughs> well, I don't have any cats. Actually, is this, I do have this black and white cat that hangs around the apartment complex that occasionally sees me and gives me a meow. Teddy bear, our dog, uh, Bichon is ambivalent about whether to accept this creature or not. Sometimes Teddy Bear looks at it. Other times it threatens to go after it. Maybe it's just hungry. I don't know. I don't think it wants to have cat meat. So I don't think that's going to be it. I remain very, very, very jaded and very skeptical about a lot of this stuff. I would say, I have other words for it, that any of the current stuff is going to reach pay dirt. I mean, we're just getting fed the same stuff. Oh, the Navy admits these photos are real. Isn't this wonderful? And we got this report coming. But again, I'm not expecting anything because we've been promised the moon, the stars, the sun, and 
all sorts of other things for 60, 70 years. It just never happens. We're right. never going to get pay dirt from these guys. Maybe, you know, 100 yeah. years. We're going to get <laughs> drip. And one more thing. Ron James will be back. He'll return on this weekend's episode of After the Powercast. Remember, After the Powercast is an exclusive feature of the Powercast Plus. To check out the Powercast Plus, visit thepowercast.plus. More to come. More to come with Gene, Randall, Ron, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Schools are opening. So much opportunity to share not just memories of 2020, but germs. Worrying about your child bringing a cold or flu home is a thing of the past. Today, we have to be concerned about COVID. That's why you need to be sure your kids are protected in their school with the one-of-a-kind patented Safe Air Network equipment that continuously decontaminates not only air, but all surfaces. 99.9% decontamination in three minutes to begin with and then continuously so if any of the air or surfaces get recontaminated, no worries. Safe Air Network is not only the only system that cleans air and surfaces, it's chemical-free and 100% safe to use in an occupied room. The equipment is plug and purify, the easiest equipment to use as soon as it is received. Contact Safe Air Network now at safeairnetwork.com. That's safeairnetwork.com. 
The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medical care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. As I say, Ron, no pay dirt is just going to be tempting us. Unless it's gradual disclosure, and when I'm 117 years old, which will be tomorrow, when I'm 117 years old, we'll finally see something. That's the nature of this game. The people that are controlling the narrative are going to reveal as little as possible, and they're only revealing something because for some reason they need to. Sorry to interject here, but I mean, I think it's important that we can, you know, just touch, just sort of finish up on this idea that you brought up, Ron, before the break there, where it's been framed in this defense light so that it can succeed in getting them funding. In other words, okay, if here we are, we have this strange craft that's that's able to outrun our jets, seems to be able to become invisible, become invisible to radar. Well, we can't have that going on. So we need to now spend, you know, five hundred billion dollars developing uh, ways to counter, you know, countermeasures to that, ways to recreate it, ways to get it. So it means that if they can justify that this is going on, that it there's a lot of research and development and money that could be going into the military. And we're really smart at developing this stuff. So who's to say at some point, we're not even going to be able to tell a difference between what's real and what's not anymore. Well, you know, it's really interesting. There's a few facets to what you just said. One of them is that if you, I did a story on this on, on my show on MUFON TV. One of the, one of the things is, is there's a lot of really weird patents that are, being put forth by a scientist that works for the Navy uh, that seem to be like almost diagrams of these egg-shaped craft that can do this stuff. Um, And so there's always a possibility that this stuff is ours. But when you talk to the guys that that were in these programs raising their hands trying to get the defense department to listen to them what what you find out is is that if you say hey you know we might not be alone nobody wants to address that but if you say hey we there's these things we can't deny them we don't know what they are they might be a threat then you're getting the attention of people nobody wants to talk about little green men and so 
there's been an almost purposeful dancing around that topic through official channels because of just that. The, the, you're not going to get any traction in the halls of Congress with aliens, but you're going to get some traction in the halls of Congress to hold hearings, to demand information, if you can frame it in such a way that it's it's a real phenomenon and it may or may not be a threat. And so that's been a strategy that's been, been employed just to get this stuff to be examined on official levels. And it's been pretty effective, even though it's kind of sad. In our forums, I posted a video. It was a top 10 UFO videos taken from aircraft. And in one of them, and granted, there's a lot of fakes out there, and I'm not a video expert, but this one looks like it could be kind of the real thing. It looks like a picture of one of these little Tic Tacs approaching the plane and going underneath it. It's And it's pretty clear, like way better than anything we've seen coming out of the of the Navy so far. Yeah, I think I'm familiar with that video. So, you know, again, it's the information being delivered from different places, and who knows where it's going to play out officially. I mean, it makes me wonder how many other people even know about that video. Everyone's seen, you know, the ones from the flare cameras and all of that. That's all up front. And then somebody on an airplane gets a video of, of the thing, and it's like, well, you know, where's that? How many page views does that have? It comes up in an obscure little clip along with 10 others, you know? Email me the link. I'll publicize it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I, I think we did a report about it. I'm not sure. We've done so many. But, um, yeah. So, okay, so how deep do you think this goes? This is another thing that you kind of touched on in another show, and I, I wasn't really clear on on where you're thinking is. Like, I, I, I think it's, okay, fine. Alien visitation is a reality. There are people that must be in the know a whole lot more than the public as to what's going on. But where does it cross the line between being reasonable and let's keep in mind that even what i just said to some people is way out there like i'm tinfoil out wearing uh, bats in the attic nuts just for thinking that but you where does it not go- <laughs> but where does it go from there for what you know you and i think are kind of reasonable to there's the government is infiltrated by demons shifting reptiles and, yeah. And, and yeah where i mean no actually they're demonic <laughs> child molesters well you know what's interesting is but there's that people that believe this so where, 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 where do you draw the line do you believe any of that well i certainly believe that there's a shadow government and blah 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 but, you know i did a whole video um when obama got uh got elected the first time i actually sat down with david ike at a one-on-one interview and we filmed it and we made a video called our time to shine that's probably still out there somewhere i think it's on my youtube channel you can watch it but you know i'm saying that I've, i have come from a place where i really entertained a lot of these deep conspiracies and i'm not really convinced anymore but i, I do understand that the nature of reality is very flexible, and so anything could be possible even at the same time that it's not possible. But when we talk about these deep conspiracies, obviously there's a subject. Hey, hey wait a minute. That makes no sense whatsoever. What? I mean, things are either possible or they're not possible. No, in a, in, a, in, a, in a quantum reality, they're not. Okay, so, you know, Gene, say, say you, you, you and I could have two completely different experiences. We could be in the same room, and we could walk away believing two completely different things. Now, you could say, well, no, that's not true. But in, it, it, science is proving more and more that reality is, is more subjective than we think. And so what I'm saying is 
that I'm not saying that um, you know there's either this or that, but we're all play, we're all in here playing a game in a simulation, and so our the parameters of our game can be different. And so when somebody says, "Hey, I spent you know 20 years in the Mars Force as an empath or whatever," who's to say that they did not have that experience? And so that's the nature of reality. And so when we talk about well, maybe, you know, people were running pedophilia rings from a pizza place, or maybe they won't. Maybe they weren't. Um, who's to say? Well, I think we are to say by, uh, you know, by with support of the evidence. Like, the, the nature of reality, there, there are two separate well, I guess it depends on your philosophy. If you're a subjective idealist, you believe that everything is in your mind and that nothing beyond what you perceive with your senses in your mind is real. And therefore, what you're saying, pretty much anything can can be possible. Well, I or, think it's somewhere in between. The- or or the, you, you believe there are objective realities that are going to continue to exist, whether you exist or not. And, and that's the camp that I'm in, is I believe that. And I also believe that there are these subjective realities. So, Determining the truth is to be able to find a correspondence between what's going on with our subjective realities and what's going on with these objective realities. So somebody sees a UFO uh, hovering over a field, that's a subjective perception. In order to determine whether or not that's really the case, what's going on, well, we need more than that. So instrumented um, readings from it, data from it radar returns, pieces of metal, going up and knocking on the door, that sort of thing. Those are all still subjective, but it tends to confirm that we're not just seeing things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but then most UFO sightings don't have that data set that comes with it. You know, but so it's very rare that, that a UFO is sighted by people and then all of a sudden the local airport says, oh yeah, that was there and there's a hundred pictures of it from a hundred cell phones and, and everybody agrees it was the same thing. I mean, you, if you look back at UFO reports going all the way back to the beginning of them, the thing that strikes me the most about them is that there's very little consistency. You, you, there, reports describe these craft way more different from one another than they describe them similar. And it's uh, it's something that's always bothered me. Michael Schratt did a fantastic job of putting together reports and then mocking up models of what these different things are. And for almost every single report, it's a completely different craft. The lights are different colors. The shape's a different color. So what's really going on with that? We don't know. And um, so the... It, it really begs the question: What you know? How much? How deeper does it go? And then when you guys ask about, well, what is it about the government and the, the levels of that, and how deep down the rabbit hole does the ET thing really go? Are we just a bunch of humanoids being raised for food by space lizards, or are we being guided along by the benevolent Palladians who want to see us evolve into a galactic species, or is it both happening at the same time? Or neither. Anyway, we got more <laughs> to come with Ron. <laughs> we got more to come with Ron, Randall, and Gene. I hope. After all, we may be confronting different realities here, and I haven't got the vaguest idea who might be joining us this week virtually. No, I don't think that's the case. But, I mean, anything can happen, like 
Ron James may stick with us for after the Paracast, part of the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92 thousand dollars ouch the irs left no room for jake to breathe they put a lien on my house took all the money out of my bank account took money out of my paychecks so it was a nightmare he needed help fast i figured that all these companies were the same until i called federal tax management you could just tell they knew what they were talking about right then and there i felt like i had some hope stop the liens levies and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special irs programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt so how'd it go for jake they did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800 503 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. <laughs> Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So what do you think, Ron James, about theories of the collective unconscious? That we self-generate this cultural image of what the UFOs are, and that's what we see, and when that culture changes, they will or it will change. Well, you certainly see an evolution of the UFO experience through time and culture. Uh, the, you know, the presence of unexplained craft goes all the way back to the most ancient of storytelling. So perceiving what they are, why they're there, kind of does go with the culture of the day. You right, but really you see, when we raise this here, it's like you were saying, the consistency or lack of consistency of UFOs. There are so many different types of craft, absent the normal differences in perceptions by people seeing things without prior warning. What are we seeing here? If it's really spaceships, wouldn't there be more consistency in the designs? Or is it really all hell breaks loose 
and ET is here in many forms. Many kinds of ET are here. And this one brings their Chevy spaceship, and this one brings their VW or their Tesla spaceship. I think there might be something to the fact that they're there to the idea that there's different um, extraterrestrial species engaging the Earth for different reasons using different technology. I mean, you, you start throwing in interdimensionality, you start throwing in inner Earth. Uh, it could be. It could be any of those things, but does that explain the vast differences in descriptions of these things? No. (laughs) There's a pretty good reason, though, for why there are those differences. I mean, if we look at the, well, for the data from the sightings, for example, only, and this was back in the 50s, and it's not much different today, but under 30%, unknown for Blue Book in 1947 was 26%. And so they threw away a lot of cases. So what, what what there is is a lot of noise. But if you want to sift through all the noise, you can find a lot more differences. But once you start looking at the ones that are unknown and really hard to explain, it turns out that there's a lot of commonality. So there you get the saucers, you get the spheres, and now you get the triangles. The spheres have been the most common out of all of them believe it or not and then of course you got the cigar shaped ones so there's really only about three or four basic types well you know the the question that i've asked a lot especially as uh, intertwined with with people from mufon that i am is if these are species that are capable of you know flying without wings and traversing uh the atmosphere in ways that defy everything we know about physics and how craft fly, then why do we see them at all? And why do they need lights? It's like, it seems to me that the whole UFO phenomenon, um, we might have reached a wall where we're not looking in the right place. I, that's what I was going to say just um at the beginning there, just when Gene was making his point, it was like in the previous segment, you were just getting to that. And we were talking about, well, yeah, OK, if we if we accept that they're here, which let's say, you know, for the sake of argument that we do, then there is that phenomena that you talk about where, OK, so they're here. Why don't we have more of that scientifically verifiable physical evidence? Why do they make it so that all that we seem to have, or at least the vast majority of it, is that subjective evidence we were talking about earlier, that therefore, just by virtue of it being subjective, it has this plausible deniability that it isn't anything objective and real. It's all in people's minds. I think that one, one answer to that might be that as a civilization evolves, the way you interact with them also evolves. So I think that there is probably a group of extraterrestrial species that do their business throughout the universe and that a planet like this is created and fostered for any variety of reasons, some good, some bad, um, as far as if you're looking at it from our standpoint. But they've gotten pretty good over time. If, if, if you've got a primitive species that, that can light a fire and hunt a buffalo, but they don't have any way to take a picture, um, then you're going to show them something a lot different than you're going to show the, the um, society that's all of a sudden got cell phones everywhere and everything's definitive and they can, they can show it. So... 
there's nothing wrong with lighting up the sky with a battle of spacecraft back in the day when all it could be is a wood carving in a newspaper. And as, as races and societies evolve, then you kind of have to change the tack of how you interact with them. And, and I think that we could be seeing that. And there's a lot of people that are saying that disclosure is not going to happen through government. It's not going to happen through any of those kind of things. It's happening right now in individual experiences by a growing number of people. So in other words, you might see a flying saucer 50 years ago, but the way they might come to you now is in a vision, a dream, or an experience that's so real you can't deny that you had it. And so I, you know, I think that the, the way they make themselves known could quite possibly be adaptive to what the culture is ready to absorb. There we are again, though, back with the you know the subjective objective. It's fine for someone to have a vision or a revelation or a dream, but unless it corresponds to something in objective reality, then people again they're not going to take it seriously. Most of the contactees that we've heard over the years, and and even the people that channel, it it's all really fairly trite you know, stuff. It's it's nothing we don't already know. Take better care of the planet. Right. Don't build nuclear weapons. You well, but these are on. fundamental things that need to be conveyed. So I know it's all the same message, but the, the reason it's the same message is because the message is the same. <laughs> you know, well, it's like they're, you're not going to get any kind of new take. It's like, oh, well, it's okay to have nuclear weapons. Just don't aim them at each other. There's no variation in the theme of what we need to do collectively to get to the next level that ensures our survivability. And so when you hear the same thing from all these people that say they're channeling aliens and they're having these experiences, it's it makes a lot more sense to me that there would be massive commonality with those things than to try to puzzle out why UFOs are looking different to different people. I, I think that it's, it's, it's really kind of narrowing down the focus well right but the, but the point here is is anybody could come up with those same kinds of uh revelations what we need is something more like uh you know actress jodie foster in contact where they, they got a signal and it's got blueprints to a you know a interstellar craft i mean that is going to be very significant if someone could channel that right then we can take them seriously. Otherwise, it's like, you know, I can get the same message from Greenpeace. Well, I'm writing a movie about that, actually. It's pretty funny you should mention it. But that's... Uh, <laughs> I actually don't have anything to say because we just we're, what's happening is we kind of just go around in circles with this whole thing. And the, the, the reality that we're experiencing inside this simulation, and I know I'm not getting total agreement that that's what's going on, but if you start looking at the, the laws of physics, the way the universe works, the way energy works, the way everything that we see as solid matter is already scientifically proven to not be here in the form we're perceiving it. Um, and then you start looking at the algorithms that run the laws of physics and the algorithms that run sacred geometry that actually make the universe work. It's very clear that we're in a, in a simulation, even if it's the nature of it isn't, you know, we're plugged into a machine like in the Matrix. So... Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, it was just the 2006 Isaac Asimov debate was all about this. They had, I mean, world-renowned physicists and astronomers and philosophers taking that very seriously. And I do, too. I'm, it's one of my favorite hypotheses. I just, yeah, and if it's true, it could explain a lot. 
got more to come with Ron, Gene, and Randall. And Ron's going to be also on After the Powercast, so don't miss that. In case you don't know what After the Powercast is, it's a premium podcast that we offer strictly to subscribers of the Powercast Plus, along with a version of the show free of the network ads. For more information and quick sign-up, go to thepowercast.plus. We give away a free coupon code for the phenomenon, the James Fox movie documentary, and three hours of extras for five-year and lifetime subs. That's theparacast.plus. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food, what would you do? You wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis. And that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max. And your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. Attention real estate investors, do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you you want if you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch we can help you turn your equity into fast cash 
Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-
even through that, the story's never changed. You never had one of those guys go, you know what, I'm tired of this. This never happened. Travis is full of it. The, those guys aren't saying that. And and believe me, they've been through it. Mike Rogers, yeah, that's who I'm talking about with Travis. They, these guys have been through to hell and back with each other. And um, the one thing that stayed consistent is the story. Yeah, well, I mean, you would expect that if you wanted to all keep your story straight. And one of the things that investigators out there know from dealing with people who are telling the truth is that their story does tend to change and there tends to be differences between the people because like we said earlier everybody tends to have a little bit different of an experience when the, everybody's telling you the same thing it's actually something to be more suspicious of than well the main core facts of the story you have to understand these guys weren't buddies some of them had just met for the, for the very first time going out on these lumber things it's not like it was a group of people that were going to make that kind of conspiracy and then actually have it hold together through time and bribe offers and the threats of criminal prosecution these guys were strangers there's a couple of best friends but for the most part especially the guys that were on the fringe of this there wasn't enough tightness of this group to put this thing together tell it the way it's told we don't really know that for like let's just consider there, oh, there's a whole bunch of things okay but I, sticking to your story is one thing I mean, because you have everything to gain by sticking to your story. Uh, be, being threatened with uh, some kind of you know, homicide or whatever the case may be and sticking to your story is easy when you know the person is alive because you're going to be proven innocent. So you, it's, you just stick to your story. When you stand to gain up to $100,000 by submitting the story to the National Enquirer, which is what they were trying to do, uh, you know, the money that's involved, you know, $50,000, that's to recant is half of what you'd get by if you were successful. So uh, there's just a whole bunch of things. The story itself, I don't want to, you know, uh, I think so. Denigrate yeah, your work, but Travis, okay, and and you know people could watch the doc and make up their own minds. It's the the Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. You could watch it on Amazon. Yeah, um, and, I mean, I, I you know I appreciate that you've done the work, and that's I, I'd like to really keep that separate from you know what I think of the veracity of Travis's case. So that's about all I could say there. We did have a question in the forum, though, uh, on that, where uh, one of our participants, Kenna Karras, uh, yeah, and he uh, kind of says, is there a reason for making a new documentary about Travis Walton? Maybe no. there is. What's, what's your perspective on it? I don't know. Well, I mean, we just finished the documentary about Travis Walton a little while back. So I don't think anybody's – I don't think there's a need. But I know that there is a lot of interest, and I probably shouldn't say anything, but the, um, the there's – a lot of interest among some of us for remaking fire in the sky. Travis wants to do it. I've got some people in LA working on the rights issues that come with it. And I would not be surprised if, if fire in the sky doesn't get remade. Now, of course, if we remember here, because of Hollywood requirements, the ending or the final portions of fire in the sky were changed from the original account. And therefore, would that be something that you would want to do differently? If you're going to reboot Fire in the Sky, how would you change it? Well, Travis wants the story told in a different way because he says that it's not really what happened. You know, this whole steampunk aliens and wrapping him in plastic 
it's just stupid stuff. It just wasn't that way. So the, the reenactment is one of the things that has always been a thorn in his side. I did a version of the reenactment for the documentary. It didn't. It's not in full in the final one. But if you look Google Travis Walton, what happened to me? In fact, you can watch it on Amazon. Um, the full length reenactment that I personally did is in there. We, we shot it at my studio with green screens, and he says that's closer than the movie. So. At the end of the day, if Fire in the Sky ever does get remade, it's going to be because Travis is involved and he's getting the creative control that he wants to make sure that story represents more of the truth, the visuals, the story of what happened, and then of course the aftermath of you know years and years and years of what this did to everybody's lives. Can you get the budget together to do a proper film with the? requisite special effects i mean it's easier now i mean you can take you can take your desktop computer and do some pretty credible stuff even on tv now with the new superman tv series those flying scenes are comparable to what they spent 200 million dollars for in the snyderverse yeah i mean you know doing the the travis walton remake isn't a 200 million dollar film but it's probably a 10 to 25 million dollar film and so, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it, you know, it might be interesting to make something like that, but for, you know, I, I'm kind of with Kenneth Harris on that one. I'm, I've, and, and, well, I mean, the only reason I bring it up is because you asked me about rather there needs to be another Travis doc. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't think Travis wants to do another doc. I think he's he's pretty much docked out with what we're see. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about that in the next segment, Ron. Ron James, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Mike Fortier. Law enforcement in North Carolina joining the call for transparency after a deadly police shooting of a black man. Andrew Brown shot to death Wednesday in Elizabeth City. Pasquotank County Sheriff Tommy Wooten yesterday asking a court to allow him to release body cam video of the shooting. Because we want transparency, we want the body camera footage made public. Some people have falsely claimed that my office has the power to do so. That is not true. Only a judge can release the video. 
The 42-year-old Brown reportedly shot in the back while fleeing deputies serving an arrest warrant. India now the world's COVID hotspot, and we might not even be getting the whole story. The country reporting 300,000 new cases a day, setting a world record, but the real number could be much higher. A University of Michigan doctor studying India's case numbers tells the New York Times the true number of deaths could be two to five times higher than the official statistics. This is USA Radio News. A race in Louisiana could be bad news for a New York congresswoman. Democratic State Senator Troy Carter wins a special congressional election Saturday to replace fellow Democrat Cedric Richmond. That win coming despite the fact that Carter's opponent was publicly endorsed by progressives like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Georgia activist Stacey Abrams. The effects of President Biden's immigration policy can be seen on a daily basis at the U.S.-Mexico border. The Heritage Foundation and Customs and Border Patrol officials estimate about 1,000 people cross the border illegally every day. Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush tells Newsmax TV what he sees. It is lawless. We're a nation uh, that commands that we have a rule of law and that we respect that. And yet right now, unfortunately, because of the executive actions we've seen, it's led to this insecure situation. That's not good for Texans. It's not good for any border state, let alone folks in other parts of our country where it will have an impact on y'all as well. Immigration experts say border officials are so busy processing asylum claims they don't have the resources to catch illegals, and human smugglers know that. This is USA Radio News. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Exactly according to my plan. Talk about being docked out. We've had UFO reality shows for year after year. We had the phenomenon, which was a credible documentary, not a lot of original stuff because most of us were familiar with it. People who aren't would not have been. I don't think based on the number of reviews it got, it was a huge success. Probably didn't recover whatever they put into it. The question here is, do people care about that anymore? The UFO topic? The UFO documentaries, UFO reality shows. Do we need another UFO reality show? Well, I don't know about a UFO reality show. They're all kind of hokey. It's like, you know, (laughs) Renner, I was involved in one way, way back when with uh, with Rob Simone and Jennifer Stein and Stanton Friedman. And this producer wanted to film shots of them all cruising around in a motorhome and then recreate some scene in the forest with crazy lights and Stanton Friedman literally running through the woods. It was just like, God, give me a break. And so, you know, do we need more of that? No, because it's all just dumb. Um, <laughs> it's ghost hunters with UFOs and, the, and ghosts are a lot easier to find. So, we don't need to reality shows and we definitely need the next version and 
you know, it is the hottest topic in pop culture. The UFO field, the UFO videos, ancient aliens, unidentified, Skinwalker Ranch, these things are History Channel's biggest flagship shows. So, you know, there's definitely an interest in the public, but... I was having this discussion not too long ago with a really well-known actor because we were talking about the quality of UFO productions. And the fact is there's just never enough money to really do the cool stuff. People want to do these great shows, but they always end up making these these films that don't yeah. stand up to, to what Hollywood would do. And then once Hollywood gets involved, then you, you dilute the message and the facts you're trying to get across. So it's a catch-22 for guys like me and people that are trying to make content um, – they can afford to make at the same time um i like some of the stuff bryce Sable did like i just finished watching the dark skies uh series yeah and you know yeah it's dated now to some, it, but it was it was a lot of fun to watch it was like it, it's really like now you might think of it you know as kind of like grade b sci-fi but it was really i loved it i thought it was really great from that perspective because it's it just ties in the the ufology and alien visitation with all of the conspiracies that are out there in a way that, it, you know, just feeds the person who's into that just exactly what they want. No, it's great. And, you know, Bryce is a, is a really unique character because he's plugged into the UFO field and, and he's also plugged into Hollywood. I mean, for a long time, he was the uh, he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, he's working now on, from what I hear, Bryce, don't get mad at me if I'm wrong, but uh, he's working now on a, um, on a series surrounding the Betty and Barney Hill story. So that's going to be pretty interesting. I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Well, this was the point I was trying to get at earlier. It's, it's like whether the, the cases are deserving or not was beside the point from the fact that I just find it really interesting that you've been involved and immersed in the field on this cultural side in the media for so long and done so much work in it that you're such an interesting person to talk to from that perspective. Well, you know, I haven't drank any of the Kool-Aid and, and if you were to ask me today, right now, after 20 years of probably putting out more hours of finished ET-related content, especially when you consider conference video stuff that made it to DVDs, I don't think anybody's done more than me, with the exception of maybe uh, Kevin Burns from Ancient Aliens. And at the end of the day, the things that I would actually really be willing to sign off as a journalist are very basic. Um, there's just a, There's a lot of stuff out there that you just have to keep it in the gray box, and that's just where it has to live. Absolutely, but I mean, it must be, it must have been just a fascinating life, though, that you've led. How like how long have you been in it? You know, like twenty years, more than twenty years, right? Well, you know, it all started when I was in Sedona uh, the last time. I'm back in Sedona right now, but I still have my studios in L.A. Um, Steve Bassett came to Sedona to give a lecture, and gosh, this is easily twenty years ago. So I interviewed him because I was I was interviewing anybody who would come through Sedona. And I was always into the UFO topic, but not like hardcore. But, um, you know, I interviewed him and we became friends and he hired me to do the ex-conference live streams and, and ultimately the citizen hearing on disclosure. But that's how I kind of got into it really deep. And, you know, then I ended up just prowling around the entire field doing doing the conference videos, interviewing all the people. I put out the disclosure dialogues that won my first EBE awards. I don't even remember what year that was. It was a long time ago. But, yeah, I just started making stuff and 
I didn't look for it. It, it found me. And I, and I think after all these years of tinkering around, I was always able to, because I own a production company, so obviously I wasn't making a living doing this stuff, but I was always able to do whatever I wanted to do because when I'm doing other things, I in the last few years I did Guns N' Roses and Smashing Pumpkins music videos I just directed a VR shoot for Alice in Wonderland in Denver so I'm always doing production gigs that, that have helped me pay for everything yeah I wanted to ask you about that because we've got it on, on the forum here uh, where we you know we introduce you and uh, what was it like were you actually working with the Guns N' Roses people or like and the Smashing Pumpkins or like what's involved in that well, I, I got hooked up with a company called Rock Fuel, and we did pretty well as far as our, our working relationship. It was mostly doing concert videos. So when I did Guns N' Roses, we did we produced a movie called Appetite for Democracy, and we went to the Hard Rock where they were playing, and we filmed all the, the preliminary stuff. And then we went back with it. The whole thing is in 3D. So we went back with, at the time, it was the largest 3D production, live production ever. It didn't broadcast live, but we had 12 3D cameras. They were all piped into a truck the truck was able to manage the 3d lenses and the, the you know all the stuff that you have to do to the 3d cameras to make them stay true in 3d and not distorting it was all being run out of the truck it was fascinating and i, I ran the second unit I did all the band interviews i did all the preliminary video all the testing samples and stuff and then so yeah i got to hang out with everybody um, wow and, that is and, totally and awesome my, my favorite thing is during <laughs> during the, the the filming of the thing i was basically the camera that could go anywhere so we just finished doing the interviews with dj ashba and everybody i didn't actually get to interview axel but that happened again i wasn't part of that but um i actually went and took the stage and so i was on <laughs> for a kid who's got guns and roses pictures <laughs> on his wall i was on stage live with axel rose during the show i was the one walking around the stage shooting him it was just I, I, it was like being a kid in a in a dream, mm-hmm. and, and it was just like wow, it was so crazy. Um, so yeah, the, I've had I've gotten to do a lot of that kind of stuff, and and that's exciting. I left Sedona about ten years ago to go to L.A. and and just see if I could make it doing stuff, and I felt like Forrest Gump walked into the walked into the stuff because I really got to live a lot of dreams, and I'm still doing it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still doing that kind of stuff. Well, that's pretty impressive, and and this is what I find really the most interesting because we're talking about you here more than necessarily all of the productions and the veracity of all the cases and and what you think about it all just from your own personal perspective as a member of the ufology community and someone who's been immersed in the culture and i find i find that part of it at least as valuable as you know just talking about the individual sightings themselves um and, and no matter how you look at Walton, he's, he's probably an interesting character. I know Christopher O'Brien thinks quite a bit of him. And if anybody was to, uh, you know, convince me that maybe he should be taken more seriously, you know, Chris O'Brien is, uh, you know, one of them. Well, you know, I don't know if you uh, if you know about Chris and my history, but when I first came to Sedona, it's been 20 years now, uh, I actually hired Chris and he worked for me for a really long time as my editor. And him and I made the disclosure dialogues together 
we made Ghost Asylum, um, one of my one of our ghost DVDs. That uh, it was one of the earliest documentaries ever about electronic voice phenomenon. We made Ghost Asylum. We did a lot of stuff together. Um, Chris edited my very first bigger questions, and so you know we have a we have a very long history. Yeah, he's a pretty good musician too. Hey, do you play anything yourself? Are you a musical interest? You, you know. During COVID, yeah, I picked the guitar back up, and I've been working on a whole song list. I, when I was a kid, I was—I I thought I was going to be a rock star, so <laughs> I was—I was a pretty good lyricist. I still am. We'll talk about that and more of the culture stuff, by the way, on after the Paracast. Ron James, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. 
That's GCNteam.com. Antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. 877-878-4203. I'm Ben Utech. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology. Hi, this is Tracy Tormey, screenwriter-producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we've got more to come with Ron James telling us about his great history outside the UFO field. So why stick with it anyway? Go ahead, please. Yeah, that's a good question. It's certainly not for the recognition and the money. I'll tell you, I'll tell you an interesting story. When I first got into video production, and I did it kind of late, I was a horror writer. For a time, I was the chairman of publicity for the Horror Writers Association. I was working with a guy in Pensacola to do a audio book about my horror stories. And he got in a big hassle with his with his partner. And so the studio was called SRS Studios, and it was owned by Joe Scarborough before this guy got it. When I found out what was going on with that, I was in the screen printing business, and I was having so much fun recording the audio book, and I was also making an instructional video about screen printing with another guy, that I said, you know, I'll buy half the studio, but we have to do video production. And so I, I jumped right into it, and I, within the first year, I'd made a bunch of commercials. I'd already started winning awards, and I was out there in Panama City, Florida, for spring break, and it was Girls Gone Wild was there, MTV was there, I was running around helping everybody out, it was pretty cool, saying, you know, I didn't really get into video production to do that, I don't want to carry Discovery Channel's gear when they come to town, I'm not interested. I found an article by Peter Gersten called The Reality of Our Reality, and you might remember, Peter, you, uh, Citizens Against Cause. UFO Secrecy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this was back when Cause was, was something. So I reached out to him, and I ended up going to the International Conference on Science and Consciousness and interviewing all the great physicists. I interviewed Bill Tiller. I interviewed Amakaswamy. I interviewed Dean Radin. I interviewed John Hagelin, and the list goes on, and that eventually became my first Bigger Questions videos. But I decided at that point that what I consider the three major questions facing humanity, the life after death, the ET, and the and you know what is our reality really, that was the kind of stuff I wanted to, to do. You know, everything I do for money gets rolled back into doing the things that I don't really get paid for. You know, if you look at my bigger question series on on YouTube, I never made a dime off that. I just did it. I built giant studios and multi-camera shoots, and and I still do it to this day. Yeah, I've watched a few of those. They're pretty good. i got to go back and watch some more of them. It's just – and this brings me to another question, though. I mean, when we've been in the field for so long, people get saturated with it. And I've 
sometimes feel like I, I get to the point where I, I just, I need to tune out of it for a while and, and to reset myself. Do you, you know, do you ever feel like you're getting maybe a little burnt out with this or, or are you still going you know, strong? I'm so lucky because I'm not like embroiled in it. It's not my, it's not my life. It's, it, it's something that I do, but I don't live it, breathe it. Like a lot of people, it's like, if you go to a conference and, and somebody's speaking, that person is, you know, they've got their books. That's their life. For me, it's always been a part of my life, but it's not my my end all be all. It's not how I make my living. I'm not out at conferences trying to, you know, sell a book or push something or complain because somebody else got more FaceTime than me. I don't care about any of that stuff because I don't, you know, I don't have to do this. So I, I'm kind of unique in that I've always been supported in other ways that have enabled me to do the work that I do. And I've never been attached to the work that I do in that, oh my gosh, I got to make a show that, you know, gets a million views because I don't care. So I can just kind of do what I want. And I, I, I just, feel very very blessed and whatever kind of purpose the universe has in store for me and whatever part i'm playing in all of this uh, you know i'm just doing the work there's no agenda except just to do cool stuff have fun be creative and try to put out stuff that, that is is true and and of a decent quality that is a really positive attitude thanks for sharing that what do you like doing like just in your spare time then do you do you mind asking do you just what's your life like well, you know, I bought this place in Sedona, so it's really cool. It's, it's just literally a 4,000-square-foot house. I just like to chill out and plant flowers and swim in my pool. And my <laughs> jacuzzi, drive my Tesla. You know? uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You have a Tesla? I go through boats from time to time. I'm playing around with uh, getting my Which model Tesla? The Model S. Did you buy it new? No, I bought it. I bought it used. As a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> this is a funny story. <laughs> I, I do a lot of kind of immersive stuff, and I was working with a company called Vortex Immersion Media. We would do dome productions, like I did a bunch for Microsoft. And it's always these weird projects where the company comes to Vortex and says, "Is there a way to do this?" And then we all kind of figure out, "Well, yeah, we can do that." We projection mapped on domes at the Super Bowl. I did a whole thing with the Travel Channel where this was live at the Super Bowl in Phoenix. People could be in two different places across the park and shoot each other and appear on tv screens against the same background like they were in the same room oh, it, was cool. pretty, it was pretty gimmicky but I, so? caesar's palace approached <laughs> us can you build a giant interactive bar and i'm like sure why not so i spent six months trying to figure out how to do it we hired engineers software guys and i ended up selling the project to them and i, I made enough money to buy my tesla so it was pretty cool that is totally cool. And, and you know what's funny? I brought the alien invasion of Las Vegas to the Strip. If you go to MUFON's Facebook page and you type in, uh, if you just search videos, you'll see a picture. This was a, a, a giant bar. It had 29 different stations, and people could play the same video game at the same time. So one of the video games that I designed was the alien invasion of Las Vegas. It started off with a big video <laughs> up above, and then the flying saucers. I hired a guy to go shoot a panoramic picture of the Strip. And so the game was the flying saucers would come down out of the sky and you had to tap them with your fingers and banish them back to their home world. The, there's a video of that on, on Mufon's Facebook. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It's really cool. So, so I get to do those kind of weird side projects that somehow or another just fall in my lap. Yeah, I don't know how that's happened, honestly. 
I'm not a software engineer. I'm not a hardware engineer, but we had these parameters. We had to design this bar. The screens had to fit within a certain space. It was right on the strip in direct sunlight, and it had to be able to withstand the heat. And then we had to do the touch thing, and then we had to figure out how to make the servers, which were going to be 400 feet away. It would send the video, then somebody touches the screen. It has to send the input from that touch all the way back to the servers, and then the screen has to react. A whole bunch of people were like, yeah, this is really not going to work. And I'm like, at the time, I really needed to make some money, so I wasn't taking no for an answer. And we figured it out, and it got deployed. It was there for a year, but they took it out. That is absolutely interesting and fascinating. I, I love all that stuff. I mean, the things you can do with entertainment now is really, really cool. You've probably heard of the band OK Go. They're pretty creative with the videos that they do. I mean, you see something like these drone swarms, what they're doing with those and oh, yeah. lights. It is totally amazing. And even some of the stuff on, you know, America's Got Talent with the, the backlit screens and the videos and, you know, synchronized with the dancers. Beautifully creative stuff. It's just really fun. Sometimes I think I'm a jack of all trades and a master at none. It just amazes me some of the stuff that I've stumbled into and got to got to be a part of. This kind of brings up, a, a, I guess I mentioned drone swarms. We have so much to talk about, Ron, that we're going to have you hang out for our premium I'm gonna show. I'm going to text you the link right now. He's going to text us the link and we'll cool. talk about it more on After the Paracast. Ron James, please tell our listeners if they want to know more about all that stuff you're doing, where do they go? You can find most of the body of my current work is on MUFONtelevision.com. It's a online pay-per-view subscription-based channel, but I've got my original shows called Space Time. There's, there's free stuff there. If you want to see the report I just did about the um, the Department of Defense materials story, MUFONtelevision.com forward slash space time and it's a really cool report plus for free you can also see my in-depth interview with james fox on the same page that's mufontelevision.com forward slash space time and if you like what you see and you want to subscribe to the channel that's that's always cool he has to pay for that tesla the monthly payments folks yeah and yeah yeah forget it if he has to do body work i'll tell that story on after the Paracast, what i've heard anyway you can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. Look at The Paracast on Facebook. Check out theparacast.shop, theparacast.shop for branded merchandise, including throw pillows and T-shirts and a pet bed. Four different logos to choose from, theparacast.shop. We also offer the Paracast Plus, which includes the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next, and we don't either. We also include a version of this show free of the network ads. And we can do that, by the way, because Ron James helped us intercede with our network at one time. So I have him to thank that we can have. That's right. I helped you with your contract or something a long time ago. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's the Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. We give you also, if you subscribe for five years or lifetime, a free coupon code for the phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary with three hours of extra stuff, the Paracast.plus. Ron James, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gene. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in 
The Paracast.